Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. Thank you, guys. So we're in a series that we started a few weeks back called I Am. And today's message, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited because we're, we're going to speak. I've titled it, I Am His Beloved. I am his beloved. And we're going to take a look into what that really means. But God has been speaking to us in these last few weeks about our identity, who we are, who God says that we are, the different challenges that we're facing with that topic of, of identity. You know, and, and one of the things that, that I feel that is important that we understand as we gather here this morning, you know, is that we wouldn't know who God says that we are. Because that will drown out all the different voices that are trying to come our way. Because society is speaking loud during this time. And they're trying to give us a clear message about our identity, of who we need to be, of, of what we need to be doing. They're trying to define who we are. They're trying to define us. These voices are loud and clear from the media to politicians to the school books that are being written, friends that we might have around us, to personal situations that we might be facing right now. All these different things are trying to define us, are trying to mold us, are trying to shape us into something. That's why I'm so proud of my wife, babe. I want to take a moment and give you a shout out for the message that you brought here last week. Because the message that you brought out last week, what it does is that it gives us hope. You know, a lot of us are, find ourselves in a place, and a lot of times when we're in that place, we don't even know how we got there. You know, but, but God, like I said a moment ago, God has the final word. And she was teaching us of how to walk into that freedom. Say with me, freedom. Say with me, freedom. Okay, God has freedom for us. That's part of the vision of Numa. Okay, part of our vision is to be free. God Jesus on the cross died for a freedom for you and me to live that I really think that a lot of us are not living completely and full out everything that he paid for us on the cross. So last weekend was Mother's Day, all right? And we've been celebrating the moms really throughout the week because even the activity that happened on, on, on Friday was about the moms. But as I was sitting there, my wife was up here teaching I was thinking about the different situations and scenarios we even had in this auditorium. We're celebrating Mother's Day, all right? And there could have been loud voices that were speaking into your heart that day. I call it Mother's Day stress. Mother's Day stress. And, and I went through some of these. For example, there might have been sons or daughters in this room that have their moms far off, maybe in another country, in another state. And you would have wished to be celebrating that day with them, but, but they weren't here. So, so all the celebrations going on, and you sort of feel that you're missing out on it. There were some people that, that were in that, in that situation. There were all the, also sons and daughters that were here that in these recent times have lost their mom. And, and instead of a celebration, it's, it's a process of grieving. And, and, and why am I going through this at this very moment? Husbands that had lost their wives. You know? 
and the world is celebrating Mother's Day and giving out flowers and all these things, but there's this grieving, there's this hurt inside. Moms that their children are not walking in the right path or might not even be in relationship with them. You imagine the pain in the heart of a mom that wants to be in relationship with their children, but their children are far off and, and they're not there and the relationship is estranged. Imagine, there's really no celebration on that day for Mother's Day. And all these things weigh in. Moms that have lost their children. You know, I think that the greatest pain that a human being can live here on earth is when a mom loses or a dad loses their children. You see, the way of life is that the children bury the parents. But not the parents have to bury the kids. That hurts. That, 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 that hurts. And then we have ladies that have been wanting to give birth, to be pregnant, to have children... And maybe they haven't been able to. And then Mother's Day rolls around and it just reminds them of that. So instead of a day of celebration, all these scenarios, and I'm sure I might be leaving a few out. I know that if I ask, a few of you guys might raise your hand, oh, pastor, how about this or how about that? All different types of, of the way of seeing what was going on last Sunday. And everybody's sitting here, quiet, receiving the word, but all these issues and all these things going on inside. And I want to tell you something. There's a mighty God that wants to deal with the pain, wants to deal with the hurt, wants to deal with those issues that a lot of us are even uncomfortable bringing up or talking about. I'm so glad that you guys are here this morning. I'm so glad that you guys get to hear this message because when you hear those words, when you're going through situations like that, the voice that rises up is so loud. And, and that voice speaks to your soul. And maybe it says, God has forgotten about you. Maybe those voices says, you are all alone. There's no one there to help you. Those that care for you are no longer here. They've moved away. God doesn't care about your pain. These are all different things that may raise up inside when all these issues are, are going on. Or, or maybe the thought, I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. There's no hope for me. Oh, I can sing all these songs. I can come to the church service. But this is the way that God meant it to be. So I guess I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. You're not worth loving. That's a lie that we believe. You're not worth loving. You're not good enough. And all these lies sink deep into our soul. And they discredit us. They discredit us. They try to sh sh shatter an image that God has created. Because the Bible says that we're all created in his likeness. All created in his image. Now to those that receive Christ, he gives the ability to be called sons and daughters of God. That's even a step closer to God. But these lies will come and try to shatter and break that. And if you continue to listen to them, you know where you're going to end up? You're going to end up in a dark place. You're going to end up in a cave. You're going to end up in depression. You're going to end up in frustration. You're going to end up in anger. You're going to end up in pain. You see, this month of May, I was doing a little bit of research and stuff like that, has been labeled Mental Health Awareness Month, the month of May. Mental Health Awareness Month. It seems like our mental health is not where it needs to be. A lot of people are suffering, going through a lot of these things that I just mentioned, and it's down here. And today, 
for these next few moments that I'm here speaking to you guys. I, I want to stay on, on this topic about depression and anger and, and anxiety and even suicidal thoughts that, that we might be dealing with because the numbers are speaking to us. The numbers are saying something of these issues affecting us. For example, here are some facts. I want to share with you some facts here this morning. And some of the facts, okay, this is a Barna research that was done right here in South Florida, all right, with 3,000 people, all right, in different areas of our community in 2021. This was last year, all right? And look at what this research came out with. 3,000 people were interviewed all over our city, not just in a specific spot. And it says 51% of our local residents feel anxious and fearful. 51% of our local residents, okay, are anxious, are fearful. 60% feel overwhelmingly stressed. And I, and I think that that, that number is kind of low, to be honest with you, 60%. You know? In an article called Depression Facts, Statistics, and You, okay, done by Brandy Kosick, in June 3, 2020, listen to this. It says, depression has become the world's number one health problem. Number one health problem, causing more death than cancer each year and ranking as the leading cause of disability. I don't know if you knew that about depression. All right. The article goes on to say that one out of every nine people are in some type of depression medication, okay? And one out of five have been at some point in these last 10 years. One out of five. Over the last 10 years, antidepressant medication has increased 300%. You imagine that? Okay, and just because we come to church on Sundays, just because we're in a small group, just because we sing up here or preach up here, <laughs> doesn't mean that we are exempt from these things that are realities that we're living right now. And that's why I'm speaking these things to you here this morning. Even in the news these last few weeks, certain things came out that really caught my attention. For example, there was, an, there, there was a, a moment that an ex-quarterback of the Miami Dolphins called Ryan Tannehill, Okay, Ryan Tannehill uh, was our quarterback for a few years back. And uh, last year, his team, okay, was ranked number one in their conference. And they were supposed to go to the Super Bowl. And you know what happened? They ended up losing to the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals, all right, when they were the favorite team to win. And look at what the quarterback says. Okay, Ryan Tannehill came out on television, okay, and did a press conference. And he said the following... He goes, after this crushing loss, it is a deep scar. Every time I closed my eyes after the game, I kind of rewatched it in my mind. I didn't get a whole lot of sleep for weeks. I was in a dark place, and it took me a while, a lot of work to get out of it. Okay, this is a guy, guys, all right, that is making guaranteed $29 million a year. He found himself like this. What I'm trying to tell you is that you could be rich, you could be poor, you could be white, you could be black, you could be whatever. You are not exempt from feeling these things or going through these things. He goes on to say, I've worked through it. 
But therapy, talking to people, time helped. It took a, a lot of work to get through it. That's what Ryan Tannehill said. And then a few days later, okay, a player from the Miami Heat, I got it to mention this, by the way, the Miami Heat, all right? We're in the Eastern Conference Finals, all right? How about we go Heat, all right? All right, go Heat. A lot of naysayers, right, Jimmy? Saying that we weren't going to do anything, nothing was going to happen. And anyways, bring him on, bring him on. One of the Miami Heat players, okay, called Victor Oladipo, he was a guy that in 2018, 2019 All-Star, averaging over 24 points per game. And all of a sudden, he had this injury to his knee that has had him out, okay, over 300 games in the last two seasons and a half. And, and Victor Oladipo, all of a sudden, they brought him into play now towards the end of March. And in that game, he scored 21 points, if I'm not mistaken. And when they were doing the press conference and they were talking to him, listen to what he said. It really caught my attention. He goes, a year ago today, I was expecting and waiting for my next surgery, Oladipo told ESPN. I remember a year ago today, around this time, I found myself sitting in a dark room by myself and just broken down. Not because I quit, but because I was at the lowest point I could be at. And now, God has put me in this position today, so I made the most out of it. Isn't that powerful? He was in a dark room, in a dark place, but then he says, but God. And I want to tell you something, church, this morning. You guys that are watching online, I don't know what you might be going through this morning, but I want to say something, but God. God has the final word. God is up to something. Even though I don't see him working how we just sang, oh, he is working and he's doing something in you. So I want to ask you for something this morning from all my heart. Don't quit. Don't give up. Let him do what he needs to do. My wife came up and she talked about a few years ago, pastors committing suicide. I mean, we know the word, we know the Bible, we know the promises. What would it take a man of God to say, I don't want to live any longer? Leave their wife, leave their little kids. Let me tell you, this is a reality that we're living, church. And I'm so glad that we could speak about it here this morning. But God, God wants you out of that place. God has a different plan for you. God has a different purpose for you. Whatever the enemy intended for evil, God wants to turn it around for good in your life. I want to tell you that this morning. Let's give it up for him. Go ahead. I don't know if you're aware that love heals brokenness. I want to tell you, love heals brokenness. Listen to what I'm going to say. When you know, know, you know, you know in here that you are loved, that you are accepted, that you are valued by your heavenly Father, okay, and that he has given you a divine purpose. He has an assignment for you. Okay, and you let that sink into your heart. Guys, I want to tell you, something starts to happen in your soul. Something starts to happen in your soul. Healing starts to happen. Freedom starts to come. 
And you start walking out of that cave, out of that darkness of depression and anxiety. Have you ever seen when you treat somebody with love and care, what a difference it makes? It makes such a huge difference. Even in animals, I want to tell you that. You know, I remember Pastor Larry sharing me this testimony about a dog that he had that died. And that dog, he got it at a rescue place because it had been abused. And his previous owners would kick the dog, beat up on the dog. And say, and when he got the dog, the dog would go in the house and go to a corner and didn't want to socialize and didn't want to come because the dog was afraid. And you know what they started to do? They started to give love to that dog. They started to pet that dog. They started to be kind to it. And all of a sudden, little by little, that dog started to come out from that place where it was. If that happens with an animal, you imagine with people. If people are in a place of brokenness and darkness, but you start to show the love of God and the love of Christ to them right there where they're at, what God starts to do. I remember one day I was making a grilled cheese sandwich for my kids in the morning. All right? That's one of the favorites for the little ones. And I remember that Bella told me, Dad, this is my favorite grilled cheese sandwich, the best one I've ever eaten in my life. And I was like, Bella, I just made this thing like in three minutes, girl. I just put this thing on the grill and it was ready to go. Why do you think it's so good? And he goes, Daddy, because you made it with love. And when she told me that, I was like, oh, man, I'll make 10,000 of these grilled sandwiches for her, man. She just captured my heart, you know. Yeah, Bella, those that know Bella know that Bella's like that. Why am I telling you? Because when you do things with love. It makes such a difference. You could do something and just do it out because you need to do it. But when you do it for people with love. Now, imagine your heavenly father. Oh, imagine your heavenly father that the Bible says God is love. And if you allow that love to start working in your heart and start working over your life. And you have all this brokenness and you have all these things inside of you. I said that the title of my message this morning, I am his beloved. Can you say that with me? I am his beloved. Say it again. I am his beloved. You see, when Jesus wanted to teach about the great love that the Father had for each and every one of us, he told them a story. And, and, and Jesus would teach off stories. And, and I want to read this story to you because I believe that there's something that God wants you to hear from Jesus' words from this story found in Luke chapter 15, okay, verse 11 through 24, all right? And I just want the Father's love just to go into your heart and do something amazing this morning. Look what Jesus says. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So the father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belonging and moved to a distant land. Where did he move to? A distant land. A lot of us are in a distant land, maybe in here. Maybe in our heart, we're, we're far away. And there he wasted all his money, all the resources, all the things that you know are right. You just waste them because it doesn't make sense when you're in a distant land. And it says he wasted it in wild living. 
Things that at the end are not going to bring you joy. Things that at the end are not going to bring you pleasure. Things that at the end are going to fade away. About that time, his money ran out. And a great famine swept over the land. And he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the men sent him to, to his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, that's an important part of that scripture. When he finally came to his senses, I pray that if you're here this morning and you're going through some sort of depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, pain, whatever it is, that today as the Holy Spirit touches your heart, you would come to your senses the same way that this young man said. And he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father. That's an important part of that scripture. He understood when he came to his senses that there was a place that he had to go to. What was that place? He had to go home with his father. I want to let you know that there's a place for you today that is with your father, with your father God. And in that place, you're going to find everything that you think you can find out there to deal with what you have in here. You're going to find it in the arms of the father. And he went home to my father and he said, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy. He didn't see himself he didn't see himself good enough. And a lot of time, that's the image that we have of ourselves. That's the image that the world has told us. That's the identity that we carry around. The stigma, the labels that have been placed on us. Tell us you are not worthy. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as one of your hired servants. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming and filled with love and compassion. <laughs> oh, man. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. It doesn't say that he cursed him out and told him, how did you leave? What did you do with my money? You went and did this. You know, no, 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 he didn't do that. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son. He embraced him and he kissed him. And his son said to him, remember the speech that he was working on? Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father didn't even pay attention to what he was saying. And the father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring on his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. The party began. The party began. And with the remaining time that I have this morning, I just want to share with you guys four things that the Father does in this story. That he does in each of our lives to help us deal with our brokenness. 
to help us deal with our insecurities, to help us deal with all these things that we're carrying on inside that we may know that we are his beloved. Four things. Number one, write this down. It says, the heavenly father protects you. Write that down. The heavenly father protects you. You see, the father said, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. The finest robe. You know what the finest robe is supposed to do? The robe is supposed to cover the nakedness. Cover the nakedness. Cover the broken areas. Cover the shame. Cover everything that might have made him feel exposed. But it wasn't just a robe. The father said, bring the finest robe. The best one that we have. Probably the finest robe in the house didn't belong to any of the children. It was one that belonged to him as the father. I want you to take one of my robes and I want you to cover this son of mine that is walking in nakedness, that is walking in shame, that is walking in brokenness. Isn't that what God did in the book of Genesis when men sinned? And the Bible says that all of a sudden, God took animal clothing and put it upon Adam and put it upon Eve. Isn't it amazing how the father would take his time to come and embrace us and cover us in our brokenness. You might be saying, Father, get away from me. You're going to get contaminated. I'm not worthy, like the son said. But the father will just come and wrap his arms around you and clothe you with the finest robe and listen and protect you. If you're in a place of brokenness today, let me tell you, there's a God that wants to protect you, I'm going to ask you to do something. Can you step out and trust? Can you step out and trust? I know people have mistreated you. I know people might have said things to you. I know people might have pointed the finger at you. And you just want to go and hide in a cave. I've known people that don't go out of their rooms for weeks. But can you trust God? He's not going to do that. He's not going to tell you how broken and messed up you are. He's going to start healing your wounds. He's going to start healing your wounds. All those that are here that are parents at some point or another have had their kids get hurt. Maybe it's a scrape. Maybe it's a broken arm. Maybe it's something. And they come to you and you see what's going on and you know what they need, but they don't even want you to touch them. You know, like, ah, don't touch me, don't touch me. And you know that you got to clean the wound, you got to heal it. And if they do that, they're going to be better. But how are they? They're like this. Today I want to ask you, bring your defenses down and trust Papa God. Trust Daddy God. He's going to protect you. He's going to protect you. The second thing that the Father does, the Father gives you identity. The father gives you identity. The father said, get a ring for his finger. Get a ring for his finger. And you might be hearing like, what does that mean? That ring, what it meant was that he was still part of the family. He was a son. Listen to this. He was in covenant. He was in relationship. See, I have this ring in my finger that I've been wearing for the last 18 years of my life. I don't even take it off to shower. Actually, when I put it on, I was a lot skinnier, and now it doesn't even come out. It just stays there all the time. Look, I'm trying to take it out. It's not even budging. Man. But what does this ring say? 
this ring says that I've gained weight. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> this ring says that I am committed to that woman that is sitting right there and that we have a covenant relationship. The father said, go get the ring. Put it on his finger because we are still in relationship. This is still my son. And I want to tell you something. If you're here this morning and you've invited Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you, you are in relationship with God. You are his son. You are his daughter. And if you're here today and you still haven't made that most important decision in your life, in just a second, I'm going to give you that opportunity that you would come to him because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you come to Jesus, he will take you by the hand. And I pray that every week. Lord, take me by the hand. and Take me to the arms of my heavenly Father. And the Father will put that ring in your hand and say, you know what? This is my son. This is my daughter. What that tells me and what that tells you this morning, listen, it means that you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not facing those giants by yourself. You're not facing those voices that are maybe telling you it's not worth living anymore, my friend. Your best days are behind you. Why don't you just end this now and just get it over with? But there's a father that says, no, get the ring, put it on my son's finger. He is mine. He belongs to me. Your true identity comes from him. And you've lost track of who you are. Go to him. I'm going to give you some homework. Okay? During the week, maybe tonight before you go to bed, read Psalm 139. This is some homework for you guys. This is what God says about you. Read Psalm 139. Read Isaiah 54. Read the whole chapter. Read it over you. Romans 8. Read Romans 8 over your life. And just let that sink in to your spirit. Let that sink in to your spirit. The Father gives you your identity. The Father gives you your identity. I have a lot more things to say about that, but I don't have the time. Number three, the Father leads you into your purpose. The Father leads you into your purpose. Worship team, you guys can come up. The father not only said, get the ring and put it on his finger, but he said, but get sandals for his feet. Get sandals for his feet. What do the sandals mean? Well, the sandals mean a new ability to walk in the purposes that God has for you. Your feet, your walking, your steps have to do with the direction of your life. Where are you going? What are you doing? What are your feet running off to do? And God said, get him sandals. Get him sandals for his feet because I have a purpose. I'm going to direct his footsteps. And I want to tell you guys something. There's a God that has a purpose for your life. You're not randomly existing in this time of time, <laughs> in this time of time, all right? You're not randomly right now alive for nothing. God has a purpose for you. And it's more than watching the heat game. I love the heat game. I'm going to be watching this Tuesday. SP the other day, he goes, how about a meeting on Tuesday? I'm like, boy, that's a sacrilege. It's a Tuesday. There's no meeting. My only meeting is in front of the TV on Tuesday. You might love doing all those things. You can do that for a little while, but that's not your purpose. There's a purpose that God designed. He put it in you. 
It's intertwined into who you are. You're here. Listen to what I'm going to say. You're here to make a difference in this world. You're here to make a difference. And sometimes we're so shattered and so broken and dealing with so many things in here in our heart, so distant, the same way that this young man was, that our purpose seems like something that is so far away. But today, today, in this room, are you watching through that camera? There's a father that says, let's put sandals on his feet. I want him walking a different walk. I have a different walk. I have a different plan. I have a different purpose than the one that you've been walking in. Let's go. And once you step into those footsteps, into those sandals, they're like those magic shoes that they just walk by themselves. They will carry you. They will guide you. You think any time in my life I imagined I would be doing what I'm doing here today? I'm going to tell you something that sounds funny, but I'm super shy. If you get me in a place around people that I don't know, I don't even know what to say, how to talk. But God's purpose has carried me. One day I decided to lace them up. And it wasn't the J's, man. It was the shoes of God's purpose. And you know what? I want to encourage you that you will lace those shoes up. You could do it here at Numa. You can lace up the shoes of God's purpose for your life. Do the growth track. It's a four-step process that we have here at Numa. It's taking place right now. You can do it during the second service. And you just gave me four weeks of your life. I guarantee you, you're not going to regret it. Because you're going to discover the wiring and the purpose that God has for you. You're going to be able to step into those sandals that the Father has for you. If you're not ready to do it today, come ready to do your growth check next week. Four steps. Give me four steps. Give me four weekends. And the last point, the Father celebrates you. The Father celebrates you, and I want that to sink into your heart for a moment. There's a God in heaven that celebrates you. There's a God in heaven that celebrates you. The Father said, and kill the calf that we've been fattening. Maybe you've never grown up, you know, around farm or stuff like that, so you don't know what that means. I'm going to tell you what that means. I visited Cuba some years ago, and in Cuba, you know that there's a lot of things that they don't have. But my brother had this pig outside, and he was treating that pig like if that pig was a king. Everything that he had left over, he would give it to that pig. Actually, he would give that pig some food that was not left over. And I was like, who in the world is that pig? And you know what he told me? He goes, I'm fattening that pig because come Christmas, we're going to have a huge party in this house. So we need to make sure that he gets large and he gets big so that we have enough food for everybody. And the father said, bring the calf that we've been fattening because there's a celebration that needs to take place. God wants to celebrate you. Actually, I'm going to say it like this. God has been preparing things in heaven before to celebrate you. The calf had been being fattened to be killed at that very moment to celebrate his son because his son was coming back. There's a God in heaven that is celebrating you. 
celebrating you. And maybe you're here this morning, you're like, there's nothing worth celebrating, Pastor. It's just me. Oh, I want to tell you this morning, Noah, there's no justice, me. Each one, each face, each person made uniquely different, carrying the imprints of heaven. Your DNA, nobody else, your fingerprints, nobody else, you are unique. Many things were destined and designed to break you, to destroy you. But I want to tell you this morning as I close, there's a father who steps in. A father that steps in between you and your pain, between you and your hurt, between you and your depression, between you and your anxiety. And he is saying, you are my son. You are my daughter. I love you. I love you. I love you. There's many men in this room today that might have never heard that from a real physical father. There's young ladies in this room today that might have never heard that from their physical father. But I want to tell you, there's a God in heaven that is screaming out to you today, I love you. You are my beloved. This week, I was in my prayer room. I was having some time of prayer and some deep thinking. And I found a verse on a card that somebody gave me. I don't even remember who gave me that. But when I read that verse, I was like, this is exactly the closing exclamation point for this message. And if you find yourself in this place of brokenness, of darkness, of depression, of anxiety, I want to close by reading you Isaiah 42, verse 3 and 4. And this is a promise from heaven for you. Look at the way that the Father treats you with so much kindness. It says, he will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Have you ever seen a little flickering candle that's about to go out? And maybe you feel that that is you today. And it says, he won't put you out. He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. If you've been wronged, let me tell you, there's a God that is bringing justice. He will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails throughout the earth. Even in distant lands beyond the sea, we'll wait for his instruction. Now that last verse right there, there's another translation to the Bible. Old manuscripts found that were called the Septuagint, written in Greek from the times that the Bible was written. And that last verse right there in the Septuagint says, and his name will be the hope of all the world. In his name will be the hope of all the world. God's not going to put you out. God's not going to break you. If you hold on and you put your trust in his name, he will be your hope and he will get you out of what you're living. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at today. And as we close this morning, I just want you there in the depths of your heart. You know if I've been talking to you today. You know if the Holy Spirit has been whispering to you today. You know it. Only you know the depths of your heart. And the Spirit knows as well. So just tell the Holy Spirit this morning, Holy Spirit, what are you telling me? What are you trying to tell me through this message? What 
are you speaking to me today? And just take these next few moments and let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. He will comfort you. He'll give you words of affirmation, never words of condemnation. There'll be a conviction that he'll bring to you to bring change. Well, he, can, he won't condemn you. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.